Hey friends, this is Michael Bohm with Youth Apologetics Training. Today we're going to keep going with this series about the new apostolic reformation. Uh, and of course, yesterday we talked about the idea that many of these believers in the new apostolic reformation also buy into this manifest sons of God concept or the man-child company or the Omega children. It goes by a lot of different names. Uh, Joel's army even ties into this a little bit. The concept that in the last days, uh, God is going to raise up a specific group of people and they're going to have or manifest in these uh, will really fancy, amazing supernatural abilities in order to take the land back for God. Again, dominionism, this idea that they actually believe that they will take nations, governments, the whole world for Christ, and that he can't even come back until they've completely taken the whole planet for Christ, okay? It, it is almost like a Christian jihad, if you will. Uh, it's fascinating, but it's very unbiblical, all right? I, again, I have no problem with uh, trying to influence those different areas of areas of society uh, for Christ. But honestly, guys, you know how we do that? You know how we really do that? It's by changing hearts through uh, the process of salvation and sanctification. When people get saved, uh, the Holy Spirit enters into them and starts working through them and teaching them and sanctifying them, convicting them of their sins, and through uh, reading the Word and through that action of the Holy Spirit, their lives are changed, and guess what? Society changes just like that. Uh, trying to legislate morality, trying to force people to observe our Christian morality, uh, although, you know, it sure is nice when we can have laws that say do not abort that precious innocent child, all right, I'm not, I agree with that. Let's make those laws. Let's get them on the books. But at the same time, uh, forcing people to adhere to our morality is not, it's not very effective, guys. Really? I mean, we, we need to get people saved. And that's how hearts change. That's how minds change. And that's how nations change. Uh, do we see that in the Bible where, uh, the, the, the world is just going to get better and better until Christ comes back and we basically hand Christ, the entire world, and all its governments on a silver platter? Do we see a victorious church, and I mean victorious in the sense of uh, in control of the governments of the world in the book of Revelation? <laughs> no, no. The beast makes war against the saints and prevails. It's going to be a nasty time for whatever believers are here on the planet during those times, all right? It's going to be a scary time. Um, and no, we're not going to be taking over the governments of the world. No, the governments are going to be run by this anti-Christ, okay? But whatever the case, uh, this group, many of them believe that these manifest sons of God will actually be like little gods running around, as Benny Hinn put it. All right? They, they will actually be divine in nature, which is downright terrifying, uh, very Unbiblical. Now, when I was part of this hyper-charismatic church uh, back in the day that I told you about, um, we pretty much adhered to just about everything that I have mentioned in this series, although I don't think I ever once heard the pastor mention C. Peter Wagner 
or the seven mountain mandates or, or dominionism for that matter. Uh, we did not believe in dominionism by any stretch, but, or, or, okay, or the idea that we could become little gods. I never once heard anybody allude to that kind of weirdness. Okay. But at the same time, having said that, that manif- manifest sons of God doctrine was still there. It was still there. Uh, in fact, I re- specifically remember one Sunday where the pastor uh, led us on to believe that he heard this straight from the Lord. And he came to the congregation and he recited the passage from Romans talking about the, the all of creation is earnestly awaiting and expecting the revealing of the manifest sons of God. They were earnestly groaning. Uh, groaning in expectation for this this group of the manifest sons of God, right? And he didn't mention the man-child company or the Omega children or anything like that, but he recited this multiple times to the congregation, building uh, up with more and more excitement every time he said it. And by the end, I mean, he never explained what he meant by that other than he wanted everybody to pray about it because God had shown him this verse and that um, you could tell he was alluding to the, the idea that we were going to be part of this group, okay? Uh, he didn't outright say it, but, I mean, that's the conclusion, the only conclusion you could come to. Uh, and so anyway, you know, I have seen all of this stuff firsthand. Today, I want to talk about some of the tools or methods or, or uh means by which through these supernatural happenings uh it is believed that the new apostolic reformation crowd is going to take dominion over this earth and they're going to use things like prayer mapping which i mentioned earlier in this series and we're going to talk about a little bit more uh prayer walking uh, strategic level spiritual warfare we'll talk about what that is uh, we're talking about Warfare prayer, warfare worship, um, prayer journeys. What is that? Prayer journeys. Uh, massive all-night prayer sessions, fasting. I don't have anything wrong. I have nothing against fasting or praying, guys. Don't get me wrong. In fact, I'm going to mention a bunch of stuff here, and uh, we're going to talk about a little bit later, you know, where the line is. You know, where is the line here? Because a lot of the things I will mention, there's nothing really inherently wrong with it, okay? It's it's really the end goal. Some of it, although, is very unbiblical and just downright bizarre. But uh, we're talking about casting out or binding territorial demons, okay? The belief that there are demons that are assigned to different areas, kind of like what we see in the book of Daniel where we see this, Prince of Persia that was holding uh, Michael, that was fighting Michael the Archangel, right? And, well, they take that concept and run with it and believe that there are actually demons that are in charge of entire territories on the planet. Uh, In fact, some believe that there's a demon in charge of every area on the planet until, of course, we take those areas back for God. Is that biblical? Is it not? Well, I, I can see from Daniel the concept is, well, it's it's there. The, the concept's certainly there. Um, but we'll talk about that a little bit more. And so, anyway, they, they want to use all of these types of strategies uh, in order to take this 
nation and ultimately the whole world back for God, to take dominion over the whole planet, this strategic level spiritual warfare, all right? Now, there's different types of spiritual warfare, according to C. Peter Wagner, right? There is uh, there is a type of spiritual war- warfare like level one, I suppose, where you're just trying to cast out a demon, right? Okay? And then there's, uh, I suppose, level two spiritual warfare where you're doing battle as a group, doing battle against another group, such as maybe like a cult spiritual warfare. Maybe you're going against a curse that a, a coven of witches placed on your church building or something like that. And uh, that does happen. <laughs> that does happen, uh, whether their warfare is effective or not. That's a whole other thing. But uh, it does happen where covens will uh, target a particular church. And then, uh, as they see it, are placing vexes or hexes or curses upon congregations. I, I have seen that firsthand, severed uh, uh, animal heads being placed on various parts of the property. Uh, uh, I mean, just bizarre stuff where, I mean, it is clearly a cult and they're trying to place a curse on the property. Okay, so at least the occult believes that. But anyway... What I have witnessed in all of my time, part of the hyper-charismatic movement, uh, is this, well, they do these grand battles, okay, with what they believe is a territorial spirit. Or even sometimes on a smaller scale, they will believe that they are perceiving that a particular person is demon-possessed, okay? It, It starts there. Let's just say, uh, I guess I want to try and illustrate this because there will be times where they believe they were they are entering into battle against something, whether it is a territorial demon or supposedly a demon that somebody has in them. Okay, and they'll they'll enter into this supposed battle. All right, whether it's real or imagined, and uh, they will fight, and they will believe that the demon left. Right? Okay. And then all of a sudden, the next day, or maybe a week, or maybe even a month, that person is just as bad as they were before, all right? Sometimes worse. Sometimes not as bad, but they still have the same problem, okay? Or that area still has the same area. And so the the group comes back together, they talk about it, and they think, oh, well, God showed me this or that. See, they really believe this, right? They really believe they're doing battle with some kind of demon, so now they need to come up with a new plan. And so pretty quickly, somebody's saying, well, God revealed to me that we needed to do this or that. We should have done this or that. All right. And so, for example, all right, I've, I've personally been involved uh, in this hyper-charismatic church. I was part of the leadership team that conducted deliverance. Okay. All right. So we believe we were doing battle against all these demons. All right. There was... One particular time in general that I feel like perhaps I might have been in a real situation encountering a real demon. Otherwise, I think it was a a lot of hocus pocus and a lot of fighting imaginary monsters. We would come together and we had all of these tools, all these tactics to try and take down the demon, right? Uh, And so, and I, guys, I swear, I feel like I've seen it all. Um, I mean, things like, uh, well, this idea of identificational repentance, 
where you sit down with the person, you talk to them for a while, and then you pray for some kind of insight. All right. And then suddenly it's like, well, God showed me that you have a spirit of this or a spirit of that, or you have this sin in your life and you need to repent of it. Okay. So we've identified something and now you got to repent of it. Or perhaps it's because you said something. All right. So now you got some kind of word curse. Maybe you, you know, positive confession. Well, there is this element of negative confession, especially when you start talking about deliverance ministries. So suddenly, oh, now you, you said this one thing, okay, you, you spoke in a negative way. Now you have to repent of those negative word curses uh, to take them off of your life. Okay, so now you have to repent of these word curses. Or maybe the problem is you've got some generational curses. So now we have to go through some elaborate uh, uh, ceremony, if you will, or process of breaking generational curses. You know, I've seen the, the one pastor, he'll start whacking your back like he's chopping a tree down, you know, his hands like a, a, a little hatchet almost, and he's kind of whacking at your spine and going, cut, 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 cut. And he's cutting all these generational curses in his head, okay? Uh, I've seen drawing bloodlines up somebody's back, basically imagining that your hand represents the blood of Christ, and now you're drawing this bloodline up their back, up their back, up and out, up and out, up and out, you know, and they're expecting this demon to come out the person's mouth or something like that. All right, we got all these elaborate, strange practices that supposedly it is believed God has shown different people that are part of this congregation on how to make this demon leave. Because, guys, ultimately it comes down to they believe that there's a demon there, although I honestly don't think in hindsight any of these people had demons, but they had sins in their life. They had sins. But rather than call it a sin, repent of it, and try to change, they call it a demon and try to cast it out. Well, they really believe that these are demons, but they, they notice that they're not having success. So they continue to have revelations from God about, well, we needed to do it this way, or we should have done it that way, because, you know, they're coming up with some kind of recipe to make it work, okay? And so things like anointing the house before the person shows up, you know, going around and praying over the whole house and anointing everything and binding all the spirits of Satan before the deliverance session, and then when the person shows up, you bind the demon, you know, and you... Oh, man, you, you know, you command it to manifest itself. You command to know its name. I, I mean, there's so many things that you see when you're taking part in these types of sessions. Uh, you Having the person confess the demon and telling it to leave themselves, all right? Uh, removing clothing that might be cursed. And no, I, I don't, I'm not talking about getting down to your skivvies or worse. I'm just saying, like, maybe they have a hat on that has a, a, a sports team that uses a devil. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, that's cursed. You need to get that off of you. Or a piece of clothing that might be cursed. Uh, sometimes they will attempt to see the demon in the spirit, okay? And suddenly somebody is like, oh, I see it. It looks like an old wrinkly man, okay, or something, you know? And suddenly they see it, and that's supposed to somehow give them an edge. Or getting the demon to talk, okay, which is really awkward, because then the person is sitting there in the chair wondering, okay, so now 
Uh, I mean, how much do I believe this? Because I don't, you know, and now what? Okay, so anyway, <laughs> it, it gets really awkward, guys. And at this point now, the person in the chair after a little while almost subconsciously feels like they got to force something to happen. Because after a while, you're battling yourself, okay? You're sitting in this chair and you're thinking, oh, my goodness. I mean, is this really happening? Am I standing in the way? Is it my faith? Okay, am I not... Am I not uh, really <clears throat> engaging this demon faithfully or whatever? Uh, or maybe you're subconsciously, you're kind of thinking, boy, I'd like to get out of here. This is crazy. All right? Well, now, on the other hand, you have the people conducting the deliverance, and they're starting to have these same kind of weird subconscious feelings. But there's a whole room of these believers trying to do this deliverance, right? So nobody wants to admit outright that they're, Maybe we're fighting a, an imaginary monster, guys. Let's all go home. Nobody wants to admit that. So now somebody comes up with the idea, from the Lord, of course, uh, why don't you force it out through a cough or a sneeze or, or uh, you know, a yawn? Okay, so now we're taught that through sneezes, coughs, yawns, and, okay, now we're really going to go down south here, but burps and... Um, Starts with an F and ends with an A-R-T-S, okay? <laughs> I'm not joking, guys. It's embarrassing. I'm not even joking, but that's the kind of stuff. Okay, so if you feel one of those, all right, <laughs> you feel a yawn, you feel a sneeze, you feel a cough, you feel a burp, or you feel the other, uh, you go ahead and you uh, – you, oh, sorry, guys. It is humorous. I apologize. You You <laughs> – you force it out in faith. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> okay, I'm getting it together. You force it out in faith, okay? And then, of course, somebody else in the room is going to proclaim, I saw it, you know, I saw it leave, or I smelt it leave, or, you know, whatever. Okay? And suddenly, now everybody is feeling good about it. It left, right? But nothing changed. The person's the same. Nothing ever changed in their life. All right, so now, after all is said and done, now we've got to come up with another reason, from the Lord, of course, why this or that didn't change. Whether it's, well, they they, they let it back in because they were in agreement with it. So they, they let the demon back in. Or maybe they didn't cast it out with enough faith. You know, maybe it's that person's fault. Maybe it's the group's fault, although it's rarely ever the group's fault. Uh, or this one's my favorite. All right, this this was the... This was the most often used one at the, the group that I was a part of. Well, this person, like uh, the man in the graveyard, he's got a whole legion of demons. And kind of like an onion, we got to peel that onion. So now we have to set up like 10 more deliverance ministry sessions where we sit down with them and peel the next layer off and peel off the next layer. I suppose it's almost like what you see in Scientology. I have not done a series on them yet, but the concept of going through all these clear uh, clearance sessions where you're trying to be cleared of these uh, barnacles. Ha, ah, barnacles. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of SpongeBob humor. But anyway, you're trying to get all these barnacles ripped off of you through these sessions where you hold these almost like tin cans on strings and, oh, it's, it's bizarre. We'll get into that some other day. But uh, it's the same idea. You go through all these deliverance sessions, somehow hoping for one day the onion to be completely peeled and for you to reach this clear level uh, to bring it back to Scientology, where you suddenly you're, you're clear, you're clean, 
No more demons. They're all gone. Guys, I've seen people who, I kid you not, uh, literally, I mean, they go through a, a deliverance session probably uh, once a month. And it goes on for years and years and years and years. Okay, we're talking, they're doing this for years, like maybe eight to ten years. And every time you talk to them, how's it going? How you doing? And they're like, oh, the Lord is moving. He's done this and that in my life. And they're telling all these grand stories. And you're looking at them and you're thinking, but after about a half hour spending some time with them and finding out what's really going on in their life, you're thinking, you haven't changed. I mean, if these were real deliverance sessions, I I, I would expect something a little more uh, uh, tangible than just an imagined change. You know what I'm saying? We're back to the imagined healings that happen all the time on stage with Todd Bentley and all these other faith healers where it's always something you can't see. Well, it's just like that. It's these demons. It's always something you can't see and oh, nothing's ever changed. Well, likewise, guys, to take this back to this strategic level spiritual warfare, you're looking out across the town. They've done all these elaborate rituals. They've, they've, found and identified all the sins that were committed on the land and they've done all these special things and by golly one year five years one month ten years later nothing's changed the 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 city is the same it's got the same amount of crime if not more it's got the same amount of everything nothing's changed there there's no fewer abortions there's not the the crime hasn't dropped down the pornography hasn't dropped the the amount of whatever you name it you pick it the churches are not any bigger okay and i know that's not necessarily a a good gauge for god working but i mean don't you think after all that elaborate work something tangible something you could point at and i know this is anecdotal evidence here but at least something you could point at and say Wow, you know, that as soon as we got done, that thing really changed. I mean, it took off like a rocket. It just, everything's better in that area. But it doesn't happen that way. But anyway, so tomorrow we'll talk about, we'll, we'll talk about prayer walking and how that works. And uh, we'll talk about prayer mapping and prayer walking and exactly what that is and how that works and some of the ways they do that. But I wanted to give you that illustration of deliverance to kind of illustrate the same feeling that I get when we start talking about it on a grander scale, trying to bind some territorial demon. It's a whole lot of, well, at first we did this and nothing really happened and we recognize that nothing happened. So then God told us that we should have done it this way. So we add another step and nothing ever happens. And then, well, you guys over there, you're doing that and it's not working because God showed us, this other group, that you really should be doing this, this, and this. And so they do this, this, and this. And then nothing really happens. So then God shows somebody else, well, we really should have done this, that, and the other. And you see how this builds on itself? And now, this has been going since around 1990 or 1989. They haven't reclaimed any land for the Lord. Nothing's changed. You know why? Guys, I hate to say it, but it's not biblical. God doesn't dink around. I, I just said that on a podcast. God doesn't dink. He doesn't dink around. When, when God says, 
Moses, hold up your arms. And when your arms are held up in battle, and, I, and I, I'm using this illustration intentionally because it is such a bizarre thing to do. I like drawing a bloodline up, up somebody's back. Okay? Hold your arms up. And when your arms are held up, you're going to be winning. But if you let your arms down, you're going to be losing. And so pretty quickly you got other guys holding your arms up to make sure they stay up because I don't understand it, but that's what God said, and it's working. All right? Or why don't you walk around this town seven times and then blow your horns and shout, and I'm, I'm telling you that the walls are going to come down. What? I mean, that's that's weird. That's bizarre. That's kind of like the, the strange things that these people are supposedly hearing from God. But guess what? It works. It works every time. Moses held up his arms, and they won. They blew those shofars around that Jericho, and guess what? Those walls came down. All right? It worked. There's no dinking around. There's no, oops, oh, we forgot this one little step in the spell. Okay? And I, I intentionally use that word because that's what it feels like to me. We're just adding ingredients, ingredients until something happens. Okay, it's a formula. It's a spell. <sighs> All right, guys, I went a little long today. I'm sorry. You get me riled up on this kind of stuff, and I can't stop. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that gets me worked up the most because I spent so long entangled in this this goofiness. It's it's embarrassing. It makes Christians look silly. And by golly, we're just all out there fighting imaginary monsters and healing imaginary illnesses. Nothing happens. Nothing ever does happen. I'm not saying that if things did happen, that would suddenly make it biblical. Uh, that's a whole other issue, okay? But when you have zero anecdotal evidence, <laughs> that speaks volumes, doesn't it? I mean, never you mind whether it's biblical when you keep trying the stuff that God's telling you to do and nothing happens. You have to stop and reassess. Is that really you, God? I mean, really. So with that, friends, I'm going to stop right there. Uh, if you guys would like to chat about this, you can catch me on uh, Facebook, MyWorldViewPage.com, Google+, and Twitter as well. Although if you want to have a real conversation, get me on Facebook or Google. Or, uh, Anyway, whatever. And with that, I love you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow.